In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. Today, Jesus surprises them, and they surprise Jesus. But the two surprises don't match. So if there is going to be a Pentecost, one of these surprises will have to give way. From the start of Mark's Gospel, Jesus is a very surprising character. The Gospel uses all sorts of different words to describe that surprise. In chapter 1, Jesus casts out a demon and the crowds are astonished. In chapter 2, he forgives a man and lets him walk again and the crowds are confused. In chapter 3, the crowds are frenzied so that Jesus has almost no time to himself. He's almost crushed. In chapter 4, Jesus stills the sea and the text says that the disciples are shaken to the point of fear. Last week in chapter 5, Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus and the text goes out of its way to say that they were astounded and now this week in chapter 6, Jesus comes home and he teaches, and they are not just amazed, the text says they were overwhelmed by what Jesus had to say. And the most surprising thing of all is that Jesus is so good and so amazing and so surprising that they force him to stop. Verse 5, and Jesus could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he was surprised by their unbelief. So off he goes, he and his disciples, to other villages, to places that will listen. From all of that, you can see, I think, that in Mark's gospel, there are different kinds of surprises. One kind of surprise is characterized by chaos. Jesus comes to the synagogue and when the demons see him, they shriek and they toss their poor victim to the floor and he convulses. That is chaos. On the way here this morning, Jesus met a leper and a tax collector and a man with a withered hand, and a woman who just could not stop bleeding, all of whom were shattered because they were forced into lives alone and unloved. Because they have no family, they have no church, they have no people, no community, no Israel, and no Messiah. Their lives are chaos. Peter's mother-in-law is ill. The sea pitches and churns. A demoniac breaks his chains not to get free, but so he can grab rocks and beat himself until he's bloody. And a perfectly fine 12-year-old girl drops dead. Jesus tries to pray, but the crowds continue to interrupt him. Jesus tries to rest, but there's such a frenzy around him that he can't even eat. Jesus tries to teach, but he is called a Satan and he is shouted down. Jesus tries to go home. But he finds that home isn't there anymore, 
At least it is no longer the peaceful place that he knew. And we are only to St. Mark chapter 6. It's all chaos. You can see, I think, that sometimes chaos is loud and it makes a scene, like the demons or the crowds or the sea. But sometimes chaos is secret or silent, like the lame man on the mat or the bleeding woman who hides herself in the crowd or a dead child. But either way, sin is always characterized by frenzy and fear and lies and chaos. Because the first thing that God did in creation was give order. And the last thing that sin does to break that is turn Eden upside down. That is one kind of surprise in the Gospel of St. Mark, the surprising chaos of evil. The other surprise is Jesus himself. In the Gospel of St. Mark, Jesus is a strong man that no one can control. He moves through Israel very busy and very successful. He is very strong, doing his Father's will and extending the kingdom of God. He is so strong and so busy and so successful that folks are amazed, they're astonished, they're confounded, they're overwhelmed. They are totally surprised by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, in all that Jesus says and does, in all of Jesus' words and ways, there is no chaos. There is only peace. The demons come out and they slink away. The leprous skin goes soft. The lame man walks away without his sins. The hand extends and it unwithers. The bleeding stops. The demoniac gets his mind right. And Jesus gathers anyone who will listen and follow as his own, as his family, in peace. All of that is surprising. But the most surprising thing of all is that this strong man lets himself be bound and ultimately bound to a cross for all of you. The story of Pentecost is the story of the kingdom of God unfolding. He comes like a sower scattering seed, but he won't force you to grow. He comes like a prophet calling people home to Eden, but he won't force you to follow. He comes like a king extending his reign, but he won't force you to kneel. The truth is, he lets himself be bound, and he won't make you have him. And at some point, he will, as he says in the text today, shake the dust off his feet and move on from those who will not listen. The kingdom of God, as we learned early on, can do quite nicely without you and without me. And it goes somewhere else if we won't have him. 
but it is so much better if we do. Before we ever bind him up and send him away, we should all remember that fever and leprosy and paralysis and sin and withered things and stormy things and bleeding and death and the prince of demons himself is always just around the corner and they are all only held back by the presence of Christ. The only thing between you and them is that fence called the kingdom of God. And the moment you bind Christ and force him to go, they will rush in and have their way with you. So it is always best if we unbind him and let him stay and have his way with us. It is always better to be a bit overwhelmed by Jesus, no matter what he asks of us, than to be surprised by what comes next without him. And so this Pentecost comes to us from St. Mark, and we've been learning its markers. Early on, we found that the joy of the kingdom of God is how it works silently, mysteriously, and abundantly. And then that it brings freedom and peace and joy. And now today we learn what it always lacks, frenzy and lies and chaos. You can use that to diagnose your own life. But now the good news. Ever the antidote and ever the surprise, he and his kingdom are here right now in his supper for you, his presence, his gravitas, his safety, to surprise you and bless you in ways you cannot imagine, to forgive you and gather you once again as his one, as his church, and then today to send you out as his servants in the world. Why would you have it any other way? In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.